Hi, I'm Frank Rocco, and you're listening to the Us People podcast with Xavier Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Ask People podcast. I'm your host, Savio Rox, and today I've got Frank Rocco. He's a professional fashion photographer. Hey, Frank, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Thank you for coming on the Ask People podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, you're welcome. So let's get straight into it. So you're based in New York. Correct. Is that correct? Yeah? Yes, Um, yes. So how long have you been a fashion photographer for? And what actually got you into fashion photography? Um, I guess I, I really started uh, shooting more fashion than portraits um, just uh, at the end of the 90s. So a little over 20 cool. years ago. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. Well, that's cool. And what has been the best part about you being a fashion photographer? Why didn't you go into something else? Why was it just fashion that you went into? So, uh, to be honest, I love yeah. shooting almost everything. Okay. There's no, there's, I, I love taking pictures. There's nothing I don't like shooting. Yeah. Um, the reason I really love fashion photography is that more than anything else, uh, more than any other aspect, except maybe still life, uh, yeah. you really get to play with light. That's true. Um, yeah. And that's uh, that's really my, my main interest is playing with light and being able to be um, – experimental and and doing things that you wouldn't do if, if you're shooting a portrait uh you know a corporate portrait or or even just a you know a headshot or you know even if it's somebody interesting that you know wants something a little different it's not going to be that different whereas yeah that's true if, if you're shooting fashion you get to play with light and you know you, you you show a model a picture um with some weird lighting some weird angles some weird anything and yeah. usually they're like oh wow that's cool oh you you know a, a model with um a unique nose uh will give you a profile whereas yeah you know, regular people are like oh no this is my good side no no don't shoot that you know models are like oh great yeah that's fantastic oh you may you know um I, I've told this story a couple of times, but it's it's one of the ones that exemplifies it. We didn't end up doing this, but I was on a shoot. Um, so this one I was brought into. So the uh, stylist and the makeup artist were already part of the team. Yep. Uh, and the um, stylist, who was also kind of directing the shoot, um, and this was for a brand, but for a magazine. And they asked they we were we wanted to make the model look like an alien and they said oh you know we want to make you look like an alien can we shave off your eyebrows now we didn't we didn't do it we didn't do it but but she considered it oh she actually (laughs) considered it she thought about it for a second and then she was like well no i have other shoots and you know who who knows how long it's going to take your eyebrows to grow back so um she didn't do it and we we actually ended up using a glue stick in photoshop and and we did make her look like an alien with no eyebrows um but but we did it all without shaving her eyebrows was there was there ever a time when you said to yourself that you wanted to be something else other than a photographer so was photography your main goal always was it always your main passion or was there anything else that you said you um, were going to no i i kind of fell into it um 
out of college, I had a corporate job. Uh, no, I shouldn't even say corporate. It was actually um, for the city of New York, but it was a desk job. It was a nine to five job. Oh. When, I, when I started it, I was happy. I The people were cool. It was fun. Uh, I wore a suit every day. Uh, not not that I, I can't even imagine that self now. Um, but uh, eventually it changed uh, and I needed to get out of it. And I was... Um, pursuing, uh, I shouldn't even say a career in music because that's hard to even pursue, but I was in an original music band and I had uh, you know, a band together and I was writing music and we were playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and But but the goal with that uh, was not really making music. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not really making money. It was making music. Uh, it wasn't really making money. And the, the two guys, it was just three of us. And one of them was already married and one of them was going to you know, he was looking to get married yeah. and the, the girlfriend and wife were like, well, you got to make money. You, you have to go do, you know, be in a wedding band or something. And that was the last thing I wanted. And I don't think they really wanted it. Yeah. Um, and um, they both ended up doing, you know, various different things. And, and I think they both still play. I know one of them definitely still plays. Uh, but uh, but it was really hard to keep together a band, even at 24 years old. It was hard to keep a band together yeah. that you know, as and I was like, wow, we're really old. You know, when it was 15, it was easy to do it for no money. At 24, it, or, it already became hard to do it for no money. Um, and, you know, you get a little bit of money at the gig from the door, but it would be gas money at best. Yeah. Um, so uh, I even it kind of photography kind of took the the place of that passion because it ended up being such an all-encompassing thing when i had the nine to five job i could come home and play music and write music and and mm-hmm. photography was a hobby um but you know i didn't think i could do the, either one of those really full-time um but this as the story goes uh after i should have left that city job in one year uh yeah. it took it took me three years to leave and at the end of oh, two wow. was yeah. it because you were comfortable or was it because it was just it was just there and it was it was money coming in i i really liked the steady money coming in and i still you know now i now i teach and i get that little tiny bit of steady money coming in and it's still good um but uh no i that was a fine thing but when i joined everybody was happy to be there by the time i left that office everybody was miserable being there um and I should have left after a year. After two years, I was like, okay, I have to get out of here. And I told my boss I was gonna quit when the summer came. So two years yeah. was came up in like January. I said, when the summer comes, I'm gonna I'm giving you six months notice, I'm gonna quit. And uh, I'm gonna travel Europe. And when my money runs out, I'm gonna just find whatever job I can find. And, and my boss said, don't quit. Um, we'll give you four weeks off in the summer which nobody got four weeks off in a row, time, whether they had the time or not. And I didn't have the yeah. time. I, I probably had close to three weeks, but I took you know a week unpaid. Um, but I got four weeks in a row and I went to Europe and I had yeah. a great, great time. And then I came back and I had a job that I still hated. Uh, ah, so okay. so, so um, the next six months I spent looking for a new job and I was doing all sorts of interviews, sales. Uh, one was selling fake perfume, like selling perfume that was like imitation of the real brands. Okay. I, I, I didn't take that job, but it was, it was, <laughs> that's how desperate I was to just leave. Um, and my boss wasn't going to let me go if I didn't have a job, you know, she would have just 
continued to say, no, stay, stay until you, until you find that job. Like she, she, you know, liked what I did and, you know, liked me and, and was happy with me as long as I, you know, she wouldn't have let me just leave. Yeah. Um, so I finally found a job that wanted to start me, you know, the, the next Monday I, I went there and I said, well, I can't leave. I have to at least give, even though I've given almost a year's notice, I still yeah. have to give another two weeks notice. And I did. And it was one of the crappiest photography jobs ever. Uh -oh. And I stayed there for about six weeks, if that, or five or six weeks. Uh, and, um, and then got a slightly less crappy photography job. And, and I've been getting slightly crappy, less crappy photography jobs ever since. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, so and, and it's, it's always my goal to get, you know, to get better and better. I, I shouldn't say they're crappy anymore. They're, I should get better and better photography jobs uh, all along, you know. <laughs> so, so what's been your most inspiring job that you've had so far? Oh, that's tough. Um, I always like the editorial... Uh, I mean, asking a model if she can, you know, shave her eyebrow, that's fun. Do, you know, doing that and especially, um, and I, it was with one of those same people that um, I, I, it's another story. It's, it's another one of the stories when people say, oh, I want to be a model. And I say, are you sure about that? Because mm -hmm. here's what happens. And, and this was, I was suffering. Uh, we were supposed to be shooting in a hotel, in the lobby and one of the rooms of a hotel. Yeah. And um, and this was for people that sold uh, handbags. OK, really, like really nice handbags. Um, but it was all on the model and stuff. No, no still life or anything. Just, you know, so it was a fashion shoot with handbags. And it was, you know, January, February. It was really freaking cold. It was blistery, horrible cold, but it was a bright, sunny day. Yeah. There was no plan to shoot outdoors. But then they said, hey, it's beautiful out. Can we go outside? Uh-oh. And I had no plan of, of going outside. I still had long johns just to get there because it was it was that cold that just getting there, I should have been wearing extra layers of pants. So I'm wearing jeans and long johns. And and is that is that a uh, term in, in England? Do we say long johns? Yeah, we say uh, long johns here too. Okay, yeah. okay. okay. Um, so I'm wearing jeans and long johns and boots and... Um, you know, a t-shirt, a sweater, a fleece, and uh, oh, and wow. and and a winter coat, and gloves, and a hat, and a neck warmer, and I'm out it there shooting, cold. and I'm fucking freezing. Can I can I say fucking? <laughs> oh, are we okay? Yeah. Yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. All right. so I'm fucking freezing, and there are the models, the guys wearing you know just thin a thin layer of suit pants and what? and a, you know whatever, and no undershirt, a, a regular dress shirt and a tie. It was it was like a suit, you know kind of look and there's the girl wearing a dress with no stockings bare legs and they're over there and they're making it look like they're not freezing and i'm and i, I can't i just can't be the wimp and i can't say i have to go in my fucking fingers are freezing you know so i'm not holding out but in my head i'm just going oh my god when are we going inside how are they doing this and sometimes that's what it's like being a model and yeah. i don't i do not envy them at all <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> but but that's always fun. It's always fun to shoot editorial. I love shooting, um, you know, guerrilla style, you know, just yeah. let's, you know, find a spot. Um, I I used to have a van. Uh, now, now I have a minivan because, uh, you oh, know, cool. shit happens. Uh, but um, 
I had a van and we would pile people into the van and find a spot in Manhattan. And in Manhattan, you can find, it, it looks so different in so many different yeah. places. Yeah. So you can, you can pull up to an area and turn your camera this way, that way. And you have four different shots. Um, and we would just drive to a spot and, you know, do makeup and hair and stuff in the van and just run out and shoot. And sometimes, you know, people would kick you out, but most of the time, the, the most you'd have to deal with is people driving by and, and, you know, catcalling or, or, you know, whistling or, um, mm -hmm. or just, you know, saying, you know, being like, Oh my God, what are you doing? You're so beautiful to the models, you know, but you know, as long as there's a big crowd, you can be like, Hey, you know, thanks. See ya. Um, See ya. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that, that's always the most fun, much more fun than, than a studio shoot. Um, but I, I love studio shoots because I can really control the light and it, it's yeah. not running around and playing with things as, as much. Um, but, uh, but I really, you know, the, the most exciting is always doing something on the street. That's true. No, I love it. Tell us a little bit about how it is to be the director or, or one of the directors at the uh, SM, was it SASMP? I yes. Uh, yes. Originally, it was the SMP. It was just the ah, Society of Magazine Photographers. Because yeah, I remember it changed. Well, that that change happened right at the beginning. So in okay. um, uh, 1940, I, I'm drawing a blank on the year, but uh, it's gonna. It, it's this year is the 75th anniversary. So whatever yeah. that, whatever 2020 minus 75 is, so 40. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yeah, the, the, it was the end of 2019. So 1944. Yeah. Um, so it, it only was the SMP for a couple of years, then it changed to the ASMP, which yeah. M stood for magazine. And yeah. then in the 80s, they changed it to media because yeah. they just wanted to encompass more um, a, a broader spectrum of photographers. Yeah. Um, but uh, being on the national board is rewarding. Uh, we mm -hmm. get to uh, kind of uh, steer the, the ship. Um, a lot more than uh, what I did before that was uh, I was the president of the New York chapter for five and a half years. Oh, cool. Um, so that is a lot more work than being on that? the national so, board. Tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, I'm interested in that one too. <laughs> that, um, the, the New York board uh, does a lot. Uh, they still mm. do a lot. They do portfolio reviews that are free for members. So especially mm. when you're doing a lot of free events, it's yeah. a lot more work. Uh, putting together even the parties, putting together a party that should cost uh, twenty or thirty thousand dollars to do yeah. for for like three or four thousand um, is is a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but but you know they we did it and they're still doing it and they're do, they're still doing great things and um, yeah. and and it's a big thing to have a personal you know we, we're doing everything online now and there's a lot of online resources more and more and and that's always going to be there that's going to be the trends going forward. COVID-19 or not. Yeah. Um, but uh, doing the personal thing, it's, uh, it's, it's also important. Uh, my, my personal example is if I hire an assistant, I'd like to hire an assistant that I've met. It's fair enough. There, there are just things that I can't do on a phone call or online or seeing a, you know, an email. Um, Cause I don't really care what their resume is. Right. Mm. Um, if you show up, I assisted for years. Um, if you show up as an assistant, you're expected to know what you're doing, unless you say, you know, I'm new and I'm, I'm learning or whatever, but you're expected to know what you're doing. You're expected to show up on time. You're expected to be reliable, not steal your photographer's clients. You're, you're expected to do all that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
But the things that you, you know, so on that level, all assistants, even photographers, you know, if, if um, it's great when you're hired because somebody loves what you do. They're like, I yeah. love what you did with that thing. Can you do other things like that? Or, you know, they love your style. But that's more rare than the, we need this shot and anybody can shoot this thing, this picture, this whatever. Can you come and do it? And then it's a matter of who do you want to be in a car with for a few hours? Who yeah. do you want to eat lunch with? Who do you want to whatever? And for me hiring an assistant, it's who doesn't reek of cigarette smoke? Oh, who am, who yeah. am I going to sit in a car with that doesn't need cigarette breaks? Who, um, you know, who can I have a conversation with? Um, it's not anything about, you know, once in a while, I mean, I don't do a lot of corporate stuff. Um, but I've heard the thing of, you know, who's going to show up and, and doesn't have a million piercings all over their face and, you know, body and whatever. And then sometimes, you know, you're doing something that's, you know, really like crazy off the wall fashion and you want the yeah. person with the, yeah. the, you know, so there's that, um, also, but that's never as important as, is the person, does the person seem like a normal person? Do they not seem like a serial killer or, you know, are, are they going to do all those things that they said they're going to do? Like show up, you know? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> so, makes... uh, so, yeah. So the, all those events that are in person, um, I value them way more than the online stuff. Um, but the online stuff is more and more necessary, you know, even after we get through this. Yeah. How has it been for you being inside? as a photographer and being, you know, self-employed as a photographer, how has it been for you? So I'll separate the financial from the, how is it being inside? Uh, I have a, a little bit of cab cabin fever. Um, so I went, I would last time I went out with friends in Manhattan. So I live in Queens. The last okay. time I was in Manhattan was March 11th and they were just starting to talk about, Hey, it's coming to New York. Yeah. Um, on the next day on the 12th. Uh, so on the Thursday, I met uh, a few friends in a local, in a, a Greek cafe locally. Yeah. And, um, and then the Friday, Friday the 13th was like, no, now, now everybody stay home. Wow. And, uh, and I, I joked about it cause somebody said, Hey, how are you doing? And I said, well, I've only been in for one day and I already have cabin fever. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I have it, um, but I'm trying to do things where I'm, you know, even if it's just driving somewhere or doing stuff, but I'm doing a, very little of it. Uh, even my shopping has been more online and yeah. my, my local produce store is open 24 hours so I can go in the middle oh. of the night when there's no one there. Yeah, um, and, you know, but part of the cabin fever thing, I think doesn't even affect me as much as it affects some other people. Um, yeah. I, I love being social. I love seeing people. But like most photographers, we, you know, we joke about it. We ASMP New York used to have an event called Get Out of Your Cave. And uh, we got a little flack for I that. I like the, the name. It, well, people hated that. Some people hated the name. Um, <laughs> one one of our like constant reviewers and photo critics, uh, Stella, said, Ch please change the name of that. Um, but, uh, you know, Get Out of Your Cave was literal. It was like, you know, we spend time. And for me, my home office is in my basement. Yep. So there's no daylight. Uh, the only ah. light is, is coming off my computer. Um, so you go in dark and you come out dark. Yeah, it's um, and, you know, but but that's always peppered by going out on shoots, you know, so yeah. I could be out all day long and even just meeting days, even just days where I'm in Manhattan going from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting and getting mm -hmm. home or whatever. And then, you know, if I spend the next day all indoors, it's not a big deal. And now it's just been constantly, almost constantly 
all indoors. <laughs> so, um, oh. so, so yeah, so you know, it's it's a little tough, uh, especially when you know you start realizing that the dates that they're talking about getting back to quote normal mm. um, might not really be happening for maybe another year. Um, yeah. You know, it might not be till next summer that it's really back to normal when we can hug people again. <laughs> you know, they just canceled yeah. a, a folk festival that I go to every summer. Um, and that would have happened in the middle of August. I think uh, everything in London has yeah. been canceled, like literally everything. There is nothing that is is due to start until 2021, at least. And that's. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There is, everything I mean, has been canceled. My only two gigs on my calendar right now are in December. So we'll see if that we'll see if that we'll happens. See. We'll <laughs> yeah. See. yeah. And one one uh is a, is an event. Um and the other is actually nothing to do with photography. I'm still considering it a date though. It's actually road managing a friend's um production. Uh so it's 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 some audio videos audio visual stuff, and I might even video, you know, do a, a video recording and make a yeah. little documentary movie or something. But um but both of those are in December and both of those involve, you know, places with lots of people. So there's a, I guess there's a good chance they don't happen. Definitely. Yeah. Which one person can you say has supported you through your passion in doing photography? If there's anyone out there, it could be a friend, it could be a colleague, it could be someone that you've worked with in the past, anybody, anybody who has supported you while you've been doing photography that you can say, oh my gosh. I owe that gratitude to them. <laughs> um, you know, th there's a lot of, of people. Uh, when, my, when my mother was alive, you know, she was always okay with whatever decisions I made. Never, never yeah. second guessed my, you know, if, if she did, she never made it. She never was vocal about, wait, you're leaving a city job. You're leaving a, a, a steady paycheck and a desk job to go maybe not make money. Um, and okay. I, yeah. I have a friend that still hassles me about it. Uh, he says, you left, "Oh, he goes, you left a city job. How could you have left a city job?" And and I'm, you know, I, I joke with him that uh, I probably would have killed myself by now had I stayed in the same job. I was going to say, um, I was going to so... actually say to you, would you? I think number one thing in life is to be happy, and um, even if you don't have as much money as as you would if you were working in a day to day job, right. happiness counts yeah. a lot yeah. more. Yes. Um, it's it's important to um, not even just do what you love, but uh, do things that you can at least wake up in the morning and say, "Oh, I'm looking forward to that." Even if you have days that you're not looking forward to, um, yeah. you know, I, I have you know days of certainly of editing that I'm that I don't look forward to. Tell um, me about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and lately I've been doing more video editing, which. Um, like audio editing, uh, same mm -hmm. same thing, uh, has this uh, component of time to it, and you can't do so. When I'm when I'm editing photos, I could I can make phone calls, I can I can talk with friends and relatives and do things. I can have music on, I yep. can have the TV on in the background. When I'm editing video or audio, no, I got I have to listen to that thing. And um, I've I've been doing some stuff for a friend of mine uh, and doing some some music videos. Uh, yeah. So I whether you know and and I like the songs. The the guy does some really great original stuff, and he just did a song by Janice Ian. Um, so luckily, they've been songs that I like. But even when it's a song you like, you're listening to that fucking song over and over and over again for hours. <laughs> yes, for hours. Yep. <laughs> 
Are there any photographers that you admire who are out there who've inspired you to be do what you do? I I don't think there were any that inspired me to say become a photographer. You know, early on, I I think um, I really was. uh, You know, I loved the science of it and the surprise and the whole darkroom thing and and all of that. And I didn't think I, I could do it as a career. Um, yeah. I think, I think one of the guys who inspired me way back then, um, or, or soon after that, or at least after I started really paying attention to fashion, um, and I, and I saw him speak, um, not quite that far back, but now it's probably almost 20 years ago, uh, was Sante Dorazio. Um, oh. and he, um, he was a New York guy, a Brooklyn guy yeah. that, um, you know, and his stories are great. He's, he's a funny guy. Uh, his, his stories are, you know, that he, he got into shooting underwear and nudes because he could not afford to hire a stylist or get the clothes. Um, and that's how he got into it. And he also just, he, um, one of his stories is that every model that comes or every star, every famous person, like you see a lot of famous people shot yeah. by him for their nudes. And he would just ask everybody. And a lot of times the answer with women was that they had a boyfriend or, or a husband. And he goes, well, then, then I just wait that out. And, you know, six months, a year, two years later, they'd be in my studio running around naked. And it's like, yeah, you know, because especially in Hollywood, that changes so often. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, especially his, um, his attitude and, 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 you know, and his pictures are amazing. And he just, you know, he never stops shooting. He runs after his people and just keeps on shooting. So they, I've always admired him for that. Um, you know, there's plenty of, you know, photo, um, you know, people who do their things that, um, and, and I guess I've gone through phases, uh, you know, I read, uh, the zone system stuff when I, and I still have a dark room. Um, but I don't, have I, one. I don't use it. It's, it exists oh. and it's, it's storage and I haven't run the water in years. It would probably be so rusty even through the filters as it came out now. Um, but, uh, but I got into the whole Ansel Adams thing and, and the yeah. zone system and, you know, pre-exposing my film and I still own my view camera. Um, oh my not that it's not that it's done anything uh, than other than sit there. Um, my Hasselblad lenses, I, I now put on my digital cameras. Uh, but, uh, you know, but I, I really got into that. Um, I, I love, you know, so, some people for their for their lighting and some people for their nature and, and things that I don't even shoot. I don't shoot nature. Um, I, I tend to do it only if I'm teaching people to shoot because I do um, besides teaching at FIT and, and a few years ago, Manhattan College and Harlem School yeah. of the Arts. Um, I also teach photo safaris. So I go around oh. the city uh, to different locations. And when I'm doing Zoom, my background would normally be one of those pictures. Uh, so, yeah. so, but but I don't do that much of it on my own. I do some of it. Once in a while, I'll be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to bring my super wide in and shoot some really cool stuff today. Because I because especially if I have to be there anyway. Um, yeah. But uh but a lot of it is stuff be- that I'm forced to do because I'm there showing other people how to do it. So then I bring my camera and I shoot it anyway. Um, but I, but I've, I think I've had a lot of influences and a lot of people that have supported me. I, I you know, I have a friend, there's one friend that I still assist. Um, yeah. he, I, I, I got a lot of hand-me-down equipment from him, um, including my first, oh. my first three digital cameras. Um, because he was sponsored uh, by one, I, I won't 
it doesn't matter what company, but I was, he was sponsored yeah. by one of the companies and, um, that's how I got into them. Um, because he, he was like, Oh, you know, and, and actually it turned out I, I was assisting him. And this was when I was like full-time assisting and assisting him and other people. And, yeah. um, he got a call and they, he said, they want to give me a camera. And I, and I was like, what do you mean? You don't want it. Of course, take it, give it to me. And he's, you know, he asked me when's when, he goes, well, when's your birthday? And it turned out to be the same birthday as his wife. He's like, no, oh, nobody's wow. born on that day. Um, and it's, and it's me and his wife and the Dalai Lama and, uh, and W. Um, so George um. W. Bush, which we're not really proud of and, and Sylvester Stallone. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so then he, he actually took that camera for himself and gave me the one that they had given him in the past. Um, and then eventually I got that one that, that he was on the phone when they gave him and then, and then eventually I got another one. And then, um, you know, that, so yeah, he, even lighting equipment or everything that he's ever been like, ah, you know, I'm trying to get rid of this and it wasn't worth selling or it wasn't, you know, it, or sometimes just that he would ask me before that. So I've gotten a lot of support from him. Um, and any turn, you know, from assistant, he turned into one of my good friends. Uh, yeah. and I, you know, I still see him and his wife. And, and one of the reasons I still will assist him is because, um, when we when we work together it's kind of a hangout day we all yeah. do everything and we all you know it's it's not i'm not it really being treated natural. like an assistant yeah. yeah um so and it's one of the times i get to hang out with them oh, yeah fair enough where did you get your first break frank where did you get your first break in photography oh I don't, I don't know i don't know if i'd call anything a break i mean a lot of it is um you know, tenacity, tenacity and, and luck. And I think I've gotten a lot of little breaks. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as a, so I, um, I was working as a photographer full time. This was after I left the city job when I wanted to attend schools to use their dark rooms. So before yeah. I built a dark room, um, I first went to a school in Queens that has a really good photography program and it was really close to my house. And then I had gone through every, I, and, and then I also just liked taking classes. I was like, well, it forces me to do things. It gives me yeah. assignments that are different than what I would normally be doing every day as I'm shooting. Right. Cause you, you shoot, if you shoot for someone else, especially you end up shooting the same thing a lot of times every day. Right. Yeah. So I was doing that. And then I was like, oh, I get to do this other stuff and meet new people and do other things. And that's even when I first got the interest in, hey, maybe I can shoot fashion. Um, yeah. But then I went through every course that they had. And then I said to a friend um, who is in the fashion world, um, but but she had gone to FIT. And, you know, I said, yeah, but I ran out of every class that they had. And she said, well, why don't you go to my school? And um, I said, well, okay, well, let me, I'll go look it up. And I looked up FIT and then I started taking fashion. I started taking uh, photography classes there. Actually, they, did, they didn't at the time and still don't have a course called fashion photography. Um, although I might try, yeah, pro I might propose one. Um, that's a good idea. <laughs> but, uh, but I started taking classes there. And, and one of the guys, the guy who worked in the cage, uh, Alex uh, Kao, um, you know, said, Hey, do you, you want to assist me? Uh, we're going out to Hamptons to shoot this model. And, uh, the only thing he needed me to do was be fast at loading, um, film. And, uh, he's yeah. like, can you load 220 film fast? And I said, I think so. And then I did the first year and he's like, yeah, yeah, you're, he goes, yeah, you're very fast. And, you know, so basically I went out there, loaded film from all day. I didn't even have to like hold a light or anything. It was just like keeping track of film, um, loading film and keeping track of film. And, uh, you know, and that that kind of got me, you know, thinking, OK, yeah, I, I, you know, and I think I now I encourage a lot of students to assist 
because a lot of times they think that they should finish their career in, yeah. in school and then they should go assist. And, and the answer is no. There's a lot of jobs out there where somebody doesn't need an experienced assistant. They don't. And, you know, I encourage them to get a separate card that says photography assistant on it. Um, yeah. Because if they give me a card that says photographer and I put it down for two weeks, I'm not going to remember they're, that they're an assistant. And, yeah. and this goes for every That's photographer true. that they meet. Um, but if you're a student, if you're a photography student, get out there and start assisting now, you know, yeah. and, and just tell people, look, you know, I don't have that much experience, but sometimes I just need somebody who knows how to drive a car or not even I'm driving a car and they just need to sit there with my equipment while I go park. And then we need to walk in together because I don't want to use the cargo entrance. I want, I don't want to use the freight elevator and wait. I, yeah. I, I want to walk in the front door and make it look like suitcases. So I need another person. Um, and, and, you know, and sometimes I've, I've hired my own students and sometimes they're the best assistants, um, even more than, and I'm used to doing a lot of stuff myself. So sometimes they're doing stuff and I'm I like, Oh, a lot of photographers yeah. are used to doing stuff themselves. I think it's just one of those. Th Do you find sometimes that being a photographer is slightly lonely because you're so used to doing everything yourself or do you actually embrace the fact that you're by yourself? Uh, ooh, that, that's both. I, I think um, that's why we do the get out of your cave. Yeah. Um, I, I, I went on a, um, a meeting one time with a bunch of photographers and this guy wanted to set up some new headshot thing. And he got together a bunch of people that sometimes shoot headshots. And then we sat around the table and it, the, the thing, as far as I know, never happened. But sitting around the table, one person said, you know, the best thing about this is I got to meet all you guys and I got to meet a bunch of other photographers because I just work alone. And they actually went around the table and the, and the guy who was starting it went first and I was sitting next to him. And he said, you know, this, this is great. I got to meet all you guys. And then they went around the table opposite you know my direction and everyone else was like yeah i know one other photographer yeah i'm friends with one guy i went to school with i'm you know I, i'm friends with one lady that i you know worked for i'm friends with somebody that i used to assist you know whatever and and it went all around and then i said no i said i'm i'm very involved um with with a trade organization asmp so i know you know hundreds thousands of photographers easily hundreds that i could call up and and ask hey did you ever deal with this situation or this company or whatever um so i think um a lot of us miss that now um i had a uh, a meeting with uh, there's another organization that does pretty much the same thing that asmp does uh apa which is um yeah. the american society no it's i'm sorry the american american photographic artist um and they do a thing, uh, and ASMP is doing similar things, but I just happened to get invited to the APA one last night, which is the um, Sunday night check-in, because we all miss talking to other photographers and talking to other people and talking about stuff it's and, true. you know, whatever. So um, I think there are lonely times, and there are times when you're just working in your cave alone, and um, I have a brain trust through ASMP, and we meet monthly. And now we're doing it on Zoom, but normally we all travel to one spot and we all meet there. And and we're supposed to be doing something like, you know, ask a question or show your work or, or you know, yeah. here are my promises for next month. Here's what I did this month. Here's what I didn't do. You know, the, it's, it's all about that. Yeah. But a lot of times people just come out and go, I've got nothing. I just wanted to get out of my cave and hang out with you people. So, you know, so we, we do experience the loneliness, but I think we have a lot of answers to to um make it uh you know more uh you know less lonely
That's a fair point. What camera do you use, Frank? What camera would you say is your see, main camera? See, I was camera trying to avoid is? that because uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I'm not a person that thinks it relies on the gear. Um, but, uh, but, but which but, is good in a way. Yeah, but, uh, but I'll tell you because some, somebody asked last night. I, I did show one of the videos that I shot uh, from my friend doing music. And they said, well, what, what did you use to shoot yeah. that? And uh, all, almost everybody in this meeting, one of them was talking about their, their Canon issues, but almost everybody else is Sony. Um, and and, oh, and, and okay. not me, uh, I am shooting with an Olympus. Ah, you're yeah, totally yeah. different. Okay, it's not bad at all. So what's your go-to lens? So what's my go-to lens, lens? Uh, and I, I've been trying, you know, people have tried to influence me to get the, the wider aperture um, lenses or whatever, but my go-to yeah. lens, because of its versatility, is the, uh, it's an F4, um, and it is a 14 to 100. So it's not a, it's not technically a crop sensor because it's built around that system, but it would be, a, but it would be equivalent to a 28 to 200. Oh, so okay. I could, I, I could shoot fair fairly enough. wide nice. with it. Yep. And, um, actually four, yeah, 14 to 28. Yeah. So I can shoot fairly wide and I can zoom in and it's my go-to lens for shooting things where I might need some versatility. It's my go-to lens for when I don't mm -hmm. want to change my lenses. If, if I'm in a dusty or sandy or whatever situation yeah, and it's I totally my go-to lens for video. Um, it's, yeah, okay. it, it is so versatile that I often don't bring the only other lens I bring is a normal lens because it's small and sits on my backup camera. So I will bring the one versatile lens and the backup for that is a normal lens, yep. uh, which on that format is a 25 millimeter. Have you ever been in a shoot, Frank, and someone's just asked you a really funny question about you being a photographer or, or your equipment or how you use it? Has anyone ever asked you a question and you turn around and be like, are you really asking me that question? Do you have any <laughs> stories around that? Um... Not, nothing comes to mind. I mean, I do get a lot of, oh, wow, you, you know, like Fashion Week, you know, you're in a, or I'm in a, um, uh, a on a riser, you know, crammed in with just people everywhere yeah. around you. And there'll be like one person, one other person shooting Olympus. So they'll, then they're like, oh my God, you're shooting, what are you shooting with? And, you know, whatever. Uh, so, you know, I get that. Yeah. Um, I get, um I go, I, you know, I'll shoot some events or something where it's, you know, doctors or lawyers being like, oh, my God, that's such a great looking camera. That that must be a really expensive, you know, whatever. Um, and I think not while I'm shooting, but I think uh, we've all gotten the, uh, you know, you must have a really great camera uh, thing. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think we all know the story and I forget who it is, but it is it's supposedly a true story. It's a famous photographer. Do you know this story where he walks into a party? And it, I don't so, know. So, don't tell me it. Tell me. It. It okay, I don't. I don't want to repeat it if it's if if all if everybody listening knows it already. But um, a famous photographer walks into a dinner party, and the cook is somebody who's well known as a cook. And um, as the photographer walks in, um, she says, um, "Oh, I love your pictures. You must have a really great camera." So he doesn't say anything. And he, at the end of the meal, he, you know, enjoys everything. And at the end of the meal, everybody's saying, oh, it was so great and so great, you know, everything. And he, you know, looks up and he says, oh, everything was delicious. Everything was fantastic. You must have a really great stove. 
so you know uh <laughs> it's you know and <laughs> uh, i i love your i love your laugh oh thank you <laughs> i'll try to keep it up and, and it's and it's kind of accurate oh. and you know what if you're a photographer or if you're a pro photographer you're probably going to have a good camera because you you value your equipment and if you're a chef and if you're a of chef course. you're probably going to have a really good set of knives and a really good stove but if yeah. somebody gave you a shitty set of ni knives and a crappy stove you'd probably be able to cook pretty well also <laughs> pretty decent yeah you know you make things work we've all had stuff that we think oh i wish i had better stuff but we still had to make do with what we had and we've done quite yes. well with it yeah. i'm you sure know, we the, all have. the thing that always surprises me is um you know, we, we spend all this money on getting the most crisp lens we can get and the best glass and the and the mm. best sensor and and, you know, all this stuff. And then um, and I mean, we're all guilty of it. I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. Then we do whatever we can to make our images look like they came from a crappy camera. Um, we put shit in front of the lens. We <laughs> smear things on the lens. We, we get we, we get a, a filter that makes everything look blurry. Um, you know, I, I don't do that much of it because I've seen some stuff that's like, oh, my God. And it's it's kind of what stops me from getting um, one of the lens baby things because they look like a fun toy. But then I'm like, really? I'm like, do yeah. do I want to spend that much time get, making something? You making something that I also can't get back. Like, if I do something in Photoshop, I can get it back. I can shoot it crisp and clear, yeah. and you know whatever. And yes, I still I love shallow depth of field, and you know I'll do that. But to really make it look like it's from a toy camera that, I, and then I can never change that again. I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to switch back and forth to that lens or shoot those things? And it's it's a fun experiment, and I I think I would. If someone gave me one of those lenses, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, let me go have fun and experiment with it. But um, but I, I even see video guys. I, I was shooting a fashion week uh, thing, and it was in a, an event. So it was a small fashion show, but it was a singer, and it was a whatever. And this the guy shooting the video had, um, you know, he, he had rigged up something that was putting, like, um, a piece of crystal in front of his lens so he'd get the flare and he'd shoot the crystal and you know whatever and and i was like are you sure you you know you want to commit to that and you know and i understand his 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 answer was totally reasonable he did not want to give the client an out he wanted to shoot it that way so the client couldn't say oh i love it can but can you do it without without that effect and he, then he could say no this is it this is how it was shot and I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But I, I don't know if I always want to commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best and worst thing about being a photographer? Um, if you had to break it down. Ooh, um, well, I'll, I'll tell the, the first. Well, the, the thing I the the thing that I always get the pe people always say it's so great. You get to do what you want for a living. And even, you know, even before any of this happened or even before things, you know, got digital um, and, and my life was a lot easier yeah. with a light table and, you know, editing with scissors, even before that. Um, but but I think more so now, as, as, as at least the percentage, um, I get to do what I want or, you know, uh, there's no way to shut that off. So I'm just going to have to hang up on these people. Oh, God. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, so uh, the only way, I'm sorry, the um, this, 
the um, get to do what you love, what you want is about 30% of the time, if I'm lucky. And about 70% of the time okay. I'm running a business and I fucking hate it. <laughs> I hate everything to do with it. I hate the marketing. I hate the meetings. I hate the emails. I hate, you know, I hate running a business. I never wanted, you know, I didn't get into it because I was running a business. And actually my first few jobs yeah. were working for someone else and I didn't have to run a business. Um, but yeah. then I found out that really, if I wanted to shoot what I wanted to shoot, I had to run a business. And I don't know, um, I don't know if there's an out to that. I don't know if there's anything, um, you know, un unless you uh, get an agent, um, and I, I recommend it. If you can get a rep, get a rep. Um, my uncle, yeah. who was a, uh, a fine art painter, uh, you know, said it like it was easy. He's like, just, you know, get an agent, just, just get an agent. Um, but it's not, it's not, it's not that easy to just get any, it, it's easier as an actor, uh, or a painter to just get an agent or a gallery or whatever to, to represent you as a photographer. Uh, most reps don't want you until you don't need a rep, you know, that's true. Yeah. That's if, if, you, if you've done all yep. the work and you have house accounts and you've, you've done everything that they sh should be doing. And then you're just so busy that now you need them to take it over. Then it's easy to get a rep. Um, but uh, I, I had uh, a rep for about a month that, you know, wanted, she was brand new. So she wasn't an established rep and she was a great salesperson. And I think she really would have been great at it, but she just had too much stuff going on. And she was willing to go and get jobs and, I only needed to give her, and I think it was a low percentage, so I believe it was 20%, whereas most reps now are 25 okay. or 30%. Um, and yeah. uh, she only wanted 20% of only the jobs that she got me. And um, and she would go and find the work, and she would help do the invoicing, and I would still get the checks and just write her 20% of the, you know, of, of the whole thing afterwards. And it was great. And I would have, I, I, she still has one of my books. Um, it's so old now. I, I don't really want it back. Um, but, but, um, but that would have been ideal, but she, she was, she got uh, some other sales job and she was also, she was letting somebody live with her who was out on the street and she, she, and she was a bartender and oh, she, she had okay. so much else going on. Yeah. If, if anybody, um, else wants to rep me and have some kind of deal like that and wants to go get me work, uh, I'm, I'm in, um, you hear that, guys? <laughs> Frank's giving you an opportunity. Hey, if we can expose that for you, let's do yeah. it. So, so Frank's looking for a rep, and we need to get him a rep. We need a good rep, a rep that won't take like you know, try and take more than thirty percent. How much are we saying? Twenty percent is what you want. No. Is twenty percent? You want to give twenty percent away? If, if someone, the reasonable, you know, the go-to thing these days for someone that's established and already has the clients is thirty percent. But, it, yeah. but if someone wanted okay. to come in and take 20% and they don't have the clients and they just want to try it, then then sure, I would try that, you know. Okay. Um, there you go, guys. There's an opportunity out but, there. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that that's the point where you you can just go out and shoot uh, when, when you have a rep and you're like, okay, they run, you know, but you still need a manager. You still need, you still need a production person, you know. Um, and at that point, you're so busy that you might just be shooting almost every day. Um, and True. there are less and less people I know that are in that situation, sadly. And even people I know that had that situation or had that much work that they could shoot, you know, five days a week 
for for most of the year um are you know now closing their studios um you know doing doing other things um and it's it's one of the reasons why i'm getting my chops up on video editing because that yeah. seems like it's gonna gonna be a um it has yeah Never it has seemed you. like it's going to be the thing and and we've been more required to do it um in the past but um you know i've i've never said no but uh but like this last fashion week i did a fashion movie um i i got a client that said hey can you shoot these shows and i said oh you know sure that that's what i look for is private clients that can hire me yeah. so i'm not just shooting editorial stuff for fashion week um so yeah. it started as two shows and then they said hey can you shoot video and you know the answer is always yes you know and it's like well you know and the the budget's going to be this so then i hired a second shooter to actually shoot the stills while i shoot shot the video and then it turned from two shows into four and then they, the but they didn't have the budget to really do four. So then I ended up shooting video for those other two shows in two different ways. One was I set up a video camera and just shot it while I was shooting. Um, so it was just a still, okay. you know, thing. And, and that just shot videos on a tripod. And then on the other yeah. one, I shot, they actually did a dress rehearsal and I got to shoot the, the dress rehearsal as the video and shoot the actual show as stills. Um, so that, that worked, that all worked out well. And I love doing that. And, um, if I can do that, it, there's, um, a nervous part of that because, uh, during fashion week, keeping your spot, you know, having the second shooter there to keep your spot while you're shooting backstage is great because, um, th those were for a nail yeah. company. So a lot of it was backstage. So having the second person there really makes a big difference. Um, but even then, you know, they're, they're still calling me up going, Hey, there's somebody here who wants us to move three inches. Can we do, you know, and it's like, where do those three inches bring us? You know, so, uh, you know, uh, there's always a lot of, and if you leave backstage, you might not get into backstage and you, you, you know, they want you to shoot first looks, which means that you're going to be there until the very last second. And then you're going to have to climb over people to try to yeah. get back in and squeeze into some spot that your ass doesn't fit in anymore. Um, not because you got fatter, but you know, cause, cause you were that fat at the beginning of the show. Um, but, but because the spot got smaller. Um, so, uh, you know, you, it's, it's, it's very tight. And I, you know, I can't imagine that that's going to happen even next February. I, I think that might not happen till yeah. a year from September. Um, the next time you're doing that. So you, you're, you're saying a whole, you're saying a whole year and September hasn't even come yet. Right. That, that, I mean, if it'll be amazing if it happens in February, I really don't, I really don't okay. think it can happen in September. I don't think they're going to have us all sitting next to each other, you know, um, inches away from each other's faces um masks masks or no masks it's it's a tight spot i mean the the show itself people are sitting on you know those little folding chairs that are not big enough for some people's yep. butts already um and then uh backstage is insanely crowded um and and people you know with the same brushes and in the same you know doing you know people's faces and they're looking at people's faces doing makeup doing hair doing all of that at the same time i mean if, if you um look at any of the pictures and you know some of them are, are on instagram on my instagram of you know it's it's a model with seven people around her 
you know, it's, it's somebody's doing her toes yeah. while somebody's doing her fingernails, while somebody's doing two people are doing her hair and somebody else is doing her makeup and, you know, and somebody is fitting her for something all at the same time. And then, and then three of us are shooting that, um, you know, I can't imagine that that happens in September. what would you say you do frank when you feel when you're on a set and you feel uninspired what do you do to get back to being inspired and bringing out that creativity in you Um, because we've all had that i i don't know if i have i ever have that much time to think about that you know i i think um if if I don't, you know, it, I think the thing that I would say um, that that might pop into my head would be, oh, this lighting sucks or this lighting is boring. Um, in which case, then yeah. I just change it, right? And in which case, a lot yeah. of times it's like, all right, I know we said we were going to do this this way, but everybody turn around. I'm going to the other side, you know. And, and it there's so yeah. many there's so many things I could do like that. And all that time that that has been a split second thought while in my head is going on the things of, am I doing everything right? Am I doing the settings that I need? Is every camera setting on there still what I always set it to, or would I would like it to set it to, or what I said I would set it to. And am I, did I, did I say I wanted to shoot this with these settings, this lens, this kind of lighting ratio, is this going to match the other thing that we shot earlier? Is it, you know, um, and, and then I'm telling, you know, if I'm lucky enough to have an assistant or two that day, it's remind me that everybody needs to eat because, because the, all yeah. of that is gone out. I'm not, you know, I, I love to eat. Um, and, and when, and, and when, I'm, and, and when you're assisting, so. you know, the one thing I've discovered, um, all you assistants out there, please go out, assist and learn. It's a great way to learn and work with different photographers. Um, but even when you're on the most interesting shoot ever, it could be all, it could be your dream, you know, inspirational photographer shooting the model you've always admired with stylus and makeup. It's still the most boring fucking day ever. Um, and the day seems like it's forever. It's, it's, it's just a long, long day. And you're just like, what little distraction can I have? So you're looking forward to lunch for the break. Not you, you don't, it doesn't matter if you're hungry. You just want, the situation to change for five minutes and then when you're shooting you could be i could be shooting um the most the stupidest thing alone i could be shooting um i mean i i have actually had this day shooting guitar pedals alone in my studio and trying to you know playing with light and angles and how can i make another different pedal that looks the same as all the other pedals look a little different and having the most and, and, and the day flies because it's it then when you're shooting the the thoughts in your head and the yeah. nervousness of what am I doing? What are you know, whatever. Am I getting this right or whatever? Make make the day fly. So that's true. So that is so true. Th- there's never a time when I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I'm uninspired. I, I don't I don't even think I have that thought of I'm inspired at the time. I think the inspiration comes from. Oh, that's really cool. That's a cool looking light or a cool looking angle or a cool looking whatever. And and the thought process is always, is it a cool looking thing or a cool look or cool looking lighting or a cool looking a- angle? And if it's not, then I'm changing it. <laughs> so, fair yeah, enough. That's, yeah. No, that's fair enough. 
was there ever a point in your life where something occurred or something happened and it made you reevaluate your choices? Every, everything that happens. Every day. Go on, say everything. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. I knew. <laughs> uh, everyone says that to me. Savia, literally every day. I don't know even why you ask the question because it's every yeah. day. So um, <laughs> I will still say. The, the, yeah, there's no one thing. Um I, you know, I, I appreciate the, the freedom I have. I like not being a nine to fiver, um, you know, but my, my choices also mean that I, um, I drive old shitty cars. Uh, I, I, I own three vehicles, so I'm, you know, maybe. Okay. What are your three vehicles? My, Go on, tell me. Cause you've I've got, got three. three. Uh, okay. so one, two are on the road. One is off the road and I was going to get it back on the road this spring, but it seems like it's not really worth it this yeah. spring. Um, although I may have the time and maybe it will be on the road again. Um, so uh, that one is a 1981 uh, Jeep CJ7. So oh, that's a fun okay. car. That's for fun. Yeah. And and I need, yeah. if I want to register that as a classic car, I need to have two other cars yeah. because I can't use that as my backup. Uh, okay. so, so that one, if I, and classic car insurance is, is very cheap. It's a hundred dollars, sometimes less for, to register that and to, to have that as a classic car. Um, my other two cars are the minivan that I only bought, uh, a year ago, less, less than, no, okay. I'm sorry. It's just over a year ago. It's uh, it was a year ago in the fall. Um, and, uh, let's see, it, it, it came up quickly. I said, yeah, I need it. I didn't, and you know, they said, well, there's this dent on the hood or there's this like spot of, you know, rust where we can't. And I said, I don't give a shit what it looks yeah. like. It's, it, it, <laughs> I, I needed, I, I needed to get rid of a station wagon that a friend of mine had given me. Um, so I got the minivan yeah. and they warned me about one thing on the hood. It turns out that every corner all around is, it has a dent in it. There are dents all, all, all 360, oh. every angle, there's a dent. You can, from any angle. How did you do that? How 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 has it got so many? I, well, dents? I didn't do it. That's how I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing actually did happen, like in a parking lot afterwards, because uh, it looks like somebody sideswiped me, um, and and when and yeah. I and one of my friends said, um, "Was that there when you got it?" and uh, and then he said, and he said he didn't think it was. And then I said, "No, you're right. It, I don't think it was, but I didn't realize that it wasn't there when I got it." So I have a beat up. Um, 1997 uh dodge caravan dodge grand caravan silver yeah. like every other minivan out there uh so but that's it's good for carrying equipment around and getting around like i can uh yeah. take out a seat i can carry seamless and stands and um i forgot what they even call these the the big um the big flat reflectors, uh, they, they, they call them like, dis they're not just, they're not disposable, but they're oh, expendable reflectors. Uh, you, I can carry all of that in my minivan. So it's good for that. Uh, if I want to put the seats in, I can fit, um, at least, um, six other people. So seven people, at least seven people. Uh, so if yeah. I, if I want to throw some models and makeup artists and stylists in there, um, I could, I could fit them all in. Uh, I tried that once in my, uh, in my station wagon and, um, luckily 
well, it, it didn't matter because the station wagon actually broke on the way to the shoot and I had to switch cars, which is one of the reasons I have a backup car. Um, but uh, the other one is a uh, is a Dodge, I was, no, a Ford. I'm sorry, it's, it's in my only Ford again. Uh, a Ford Taurus, a 99, a, a, no, sorry, a 98, a oh. 1998 Ford Taurus. No, it's a 99. The other, the reason I'm having trouble remembering <laughs> is because they were they were similar. The one was a station wagon. One that's gone. That's a pile. Of, that's a piece of um, you know re rectangular crushed metal. Now uh, that that was a '98, yeah. and the '99 Ford Taurus is a passenger uh, thing with a console in the middle. Um, and uh, okay. do you want to hear the the this beach story with the two Ford Tauruses? <laughs> you know I do. So this was set up by the stylist and it was for a, um, a wedding gown designer and she wanted to shoot on the okay. beach and the, um, the stylist uh, and the makeup artist I already knew and the makeup artist got um, the models and she was going to get two models. And then, so I, I take the um, station wagon uh, and it's, it's, it's already crowded. It's going to be, a stylist, a makeup artist, two models, and myself. So that means three people in the back, yeah. one person next to me. The um, the tallest oh. of those people um, was the makeup artist. So I'm in the front, the makeup artist is in the front. In the back, okay. two models and the stylist. And I get to Manhattan and three models show up. Uh-oh. So we're like, okay, I guess we can fit you all. So we fit them all in and then we get to the stylist in Brooklyn and luckily she's tiny, um, but she's not as small as one of the models. So the station wagon had a little pullout seat in the middle. So it actually had another seat belt, yeah. which made it legal. So it the um, a little thing that you would rest your arm on, pulled down and made the front seat a bench seat. So we put one of the models there. So now she's yeah. in between me and, and the makeup artist. And... Um, we get we're in brooklyn for those of you who know um the entrance to the jackie robinson parkway uh we're making a turn off atlantic avenue we're just about to get on the parkway and people start shouting at me and they're like hey man you're leaking something you're, you're leaking something and it turns out that the um the main seal uh that holds all the oil between the oil and the transmission uh -oh. is just blown and I make it, I drive around and I, I drop the car into a mechanic and we call, we call an Uber yeah. and I say, well, I have another car at home. So we all get the Uber. I leave the car. We take uh, the equipment. We put it all in the Uber. We get to my house. And now we're all going to try and cram into a car that just has a console. And and we do it. Uh -oh. it's, it's still the, the makeup artist and and, uh, and uh, I are just as comfortable. Um and we, we, you know, we're in the front, but now the model who was in the middle has to go in the back and four of them have to squeeze into the back and we do it and we fit everything in the trunk and we get to the, to the beach and we're not even going to the close beach. We're going out to uh, Robert Moses State Park because um, at the time they had a, yeah. new, a nude beach there, which um, we didn't need to change on the beach or anything. But um, if you're at the nude beach, less people... Somebody's always going to come up and be like, oh, is she famous? Is, is you know, wh why are you shooting this? Who's this for? You know, that's always going to happen. But on the nude yeah. beach, it'll be like one person. On Where on the regular beach, it's going to be, you know, 10 people. Um, so yeah. so we do the shoot. 
it, everything works out. And and luckily, some of the people knew other people, you know, that would come and pick them up. So we didn't even have to all get home. But yeah. we all got there in the in the um, in the passenger seat car. So, uh, you know, but but now I have the minivan. But my backup is still that that uh, that Ford Taurus. And hopefully I never have to cram that many people in again. (laughs) (laughs) What one message, Frank, would you give to someone who wants to start photography? I know the time is hard right now for you to be able to start photography with everything going on. But what would you say to someone who wants to start photography now? What? can you see or help them? Um, I think the, the advice, I, I think actually now it, the, you're lucky that everything is digital. You know, when, when this was film, all yeah. the labs might be closed or, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be yeah, as true. easy to, to do all that. Um, so I think um, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time to learn software. It's a good time. Uh, Photos, yeah. uh, Adobe gave away, or they're giving away three months or two months or whatever of free Photoshop. Um, yeah. So it's a good time to yeah. to play with all that, uh, and infinity, yeah, and it's a good yes. time to experiment and shoot. Um, you know, there's a lot of you know when you're when you are a photographer, whether it's in your dungeon working, even, even if you produce shoots, it's then. But there's a lot of alone time, so go out and shoot. There's there's plenty of stuff yeah. to shoot, um, and there's plenty of stuff to shoot That's at true. home and in your backyard and and play with, and um, you yeah. can. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if you guys know um, uh, photographer Michelle Leroy, or Mich- Michelle. Uh, yeah, so I've heard of her. He's taken up. Yeah. There's there's a challenge online of uh, doing album covers, um, but uh, yeah. but I follow uh, Michelle on uh, on Instagram. So he's as far as I can see, he's doing the best job. He's put he's got his kids involved and he's doing album covers. So he's imitating. So it's a great time to imitate other photographers, other things that you've seen. Um, you know, I would always do that in, in my lighting classes and in my, um, even in the pre-college classes at FIT, we'd, uh, we'd imitate some other people's images. And it's, it's always surprising because, um, there were things that I take for granted when we don't do that. Um, I remember one of the times one of the students said, why are we shooting this at F8? Why aren't we shooting more open? And I'm saying, you know, did you look at the image we're trying to emulate? You know, this is a close up portrait. There's no way this is shot at f two eight or f four or even f five six. This is f eight or f eleven, you know. And at the at the head size that we're at, long lens or short lens, the nose is is only slightly out. The ears are only slightly out. This is at least f eight. Look at your images. You know, we need to get that. And and a lot of those classes are done with hot lights. So to get that, we need to you know push the ISO up or shoot at a slower shutter speed. Yeah. And they they were used to doing a lot of stuff wide open because they didn't want to shoot on a tripod and they didn't want to push their ISOs up too yeah. much. Um, and we're going, no, well, these are the compromises we have to make if we want to emulate this image. So the, all, of, all of that stuff is good practice. Um, it's a good time to make your um, assistant cards because eventually this will all get back and people will need assistance. Uh, it's a good time to uh, make the connections. And uh, I can't stress more that this is what I tell every student this, uh, get on LinkedIn, just get on LinkedIn and LinkedIn. Yeah. That's how I found <laughs> LinkedIn Frank. with everybody. You know, if, if I'm going to go see a speaker or go even to a portfolio review, if I'm going to get my work reviewed, I'll, I'll connect with those yeah. people before I even see them. 
And I'll be I, yeah. if, if I want to put in a note, hey, I see you're a reviewer. I'm I'm hoping to meet you at this at the ASMP commercial portfolio review next week. And put you know, and and usually they will accept that invitation. And um, yeah, even true. if it's not a direct thing, even if they never hire me or they never connect me with anything, even just being known as a connector, I've had friends call me and say, hey, how do you know these four people at this company I'm interviewing with? And and I'll tell them the truth. I'll be like, yeah. well, I only know one of them. But the other three I'm just connected on, with on LinkedIn, but I'm but I'll still give an introduction to all four. You know, if they, if they connected with yeah. me on LinkedIn, yeah, That's they still kind of yeah. know me. And getting those being connected to all those people is a great way to get their information, have an email list of people. And when you even when you stop assisting even or, or wind down your assisting, um, those are people that you now have their emails. You can now promote to them. Um, you can put up stuff on, on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is also a much easier way to connect. Um, if you meet somebody online or, or in person and you say, hey, you want to be Facebook friends or you want to do Instagram, Facebook means like, hey, you, you, you want to go snowboarding yeah. with me? You know, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, Instagram, it's hard to keep the connection. You know, who is this person again? And, and a lot of people don't even have their real names there. And you're not going to get their email. You know, you're That's just going to have their their Instagram thing. So you can't really promote for them. Um, yeah. So I know a lot of people are now into Instagram and I'm I'm happy to connect on Instagram, but I'm more happy to connect on LinkedIn. <laughs> there you yeah. go. See, <laughs> I love it. What's, if there's one quote, Frank, that would represent you as a person and lets people know who you are as a person, what quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote? Um. You know, especially now, I, this has been, uh, this was on my web, on my second or third version of my website when I used to build my websites myself. myself. Um, and I, I guess it needs a little explanation if you don't, if you are not a fan, uh, although I know he has a lot of fans. Uh, so I am a Kurt Vonnegut fan. And in the Sirens okay. of Titan, uh, there are these creatures that can only communicate, they only have two things to say. And one is, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And the other is, so glad you are, so glad you are, so glad you are, so glad you are. And and, and I, I really think that's appropriate these days, right? So that that's that that would be my one of my favorite quotes is, um, you know, because he, he gets a lot of uh, and so it goes things, which 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 is a good quote. Yeah. Um, but I, I like this a lot better. And I, I think it's important now because we're all alone, right? A lot of us are, are alone. True. Or we're Thank with you. people that we spend way too much time with even before this, right? <laughs> so yep. meeting those new people and and acknowledging other people. Uh, so I think right now my 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 favorite quote is "I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here." <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, that's perfect. What makes you different from other photographers? What would you say? Makes um, you, different from you know, other I think um, it took me a while to um, develop my own style and and to really and and i think that comes across in portfolio reviews when i first used to go to portfolio yes. reviews i used to get all different opinions from everybody and now it tends to be a lot of the same a lot of people like they, they're all like oh no yeah. these are the best ones and these are the favorite and i get a lot more similar reviews now so i think you know my yeah. style has just developed over years of doing it and I know there are certain things that I like doing and certain things that I that I I'm drawn to, toward, but I still am always happy yeah. to experiment. Um, but I think that the um, you know there the, that 
you know, when I say, you know, my vision or my look or what things look like, I think that is something that's hard to put into words from the images, but it's something that's there and you can see in the images. So you might hate it or you might like it, but it's certainly my unique style. Um, and I think, you know, most of us just like the working with assistance thing. Um, what makes me unique might not be my images, but it might be you like having a fun shoot and hanging out with me. You know, we're all going to do lunch. We're all going to have fun. And we're all going to, you know, um, do some stuff that that might require um, high, high intense situations. And uh, if you want, um, you know, th there are there are. There's a reputation that fashion photographers have that they're high strung or or just literally assholes. Um, and, uh, you know, it, <laughs> somebody's always going to think you're an asshole. You could be the nicest guy in the world. Somebody's going to think you're an asshole. Right. Um, but True. but I, I think, you know, the reputation of fashion photographers to totally just be assholes all the time. And they've even, you know, accepted it and embraced it. I, I think uh, I, I'm one of the. Uh, I, I shouldn't say the few, but but at least I'm not I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I, spectrum. I think I, I don't panic. Yeah. I'm easygoing, and if you you know even in in an intense situation where a lot of people might panic, I'm I'm more the calming type. So, yeah. Cool. Fantastic. That's fair. <laughs> Frank, finally, where can we find you on all your social media platforms? So I'm, I think I'm pretty easy to find. So it's mostly just Frank Rocco. Yep. Uh, so on Instagram, it's Frank Rocco. On um, uh, LinkedIn, it's Frank Rocco. On Facebook, it's Frank Rocco and Frank Rocco, Frank Rocco Photography. Yep. The only one that's different is Twitter, which is Frank Rocco Photo. Okay, cool. Well, that's perfect. Frank, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. You've been amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, you're most welcome. And guys, I want to say thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember to subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any platform that you prefer to listen to. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and remember you can donate to the Ask People podcast to keep us interviewing people like Frank which is simple all you need to do is go to the PayPal account and type in paypal.me forward slash Ask People podcast thank you for listening stay positive stay happy and continue to be kind to one another